Hi guys, welcome back. How are you today? For this episode, I have brought a pair of awesome people to the stage. However, before we dive in, I want to give you a little bit of information. So if you're interested in learning more about the podcast or other episodes in the series, go to chefmichael.com slash podcast, and that's chef-michael dot com slash podcast. Um, also you can get our bonus episodes. So after each episode, I do a little kind of personal reflection, just me, you and the camera. So join me at patreon.com slash chef Michael. You can join for a few dollars a month. You get some free goodies and you get these bonus episodes. It also helps keep the lights on. So if you're enjoying what's happening on this podcast, a little bit of support goes a long way. So join me at patreon.com slash chef Michael. Finally, I have to give a big, big thank you to our sponsor, Redmond Salt, for supporting this podcast. Uh, I honestly love their salt so much. I use it in my kitchen every single day. It's in like a little jar next to my stove. Um, and there's a few reasons for that. First of all, it's super tasty. It's easy to cook with. But second of all, it's made here in the USA from an ancient dried up seabed. I think it's actually like Jurassic era, um, long before there were plastics and chemicals on the earth. So um, the salt is super clean. It's 100% pure and it has 65, I think more than 65 trace minerals in it. So when we talk about a keto diet and we talk about the importance of getting in all those various electrolytes using Redmond Real Salt is definitely the way to do it. Use it right in your food. That way you're getting your electrolytes through your diet, which is always the best way to consume uh, the vitamins and minerals that we need. Go to redmond.life for more information and to place an order for their salt. They also have other cool products. Um, but if you put in the discount code, Chef Michael, you'll actually get 15% off. So uh, definitely check out redmond.life. You can also find Redmond salt now at almost every grocery store in the country, thankfully. So go down that spice aisle on your next shopping trip and grab yourself some Redmond salt. You will not regret it. And that's redmond.life, not redmond.com, redmond.life. Now, before we begin, I just want to say thank you so much for being here, and I want to send a huge welcome to our guest today. Uh, this is a married couple who does some really amazing things in the health and wellness space. They are bloggers, they are podcasters themselves, and have an awesome podcast called Fat Fueled Family. And if you're interested in anything else that they do, please follow up with them and check out their podcast as well. Welcome to the stage, Danny and Maura Vega. Yeah, just get out and then we're <laughs> just, just leave. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just leave. <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> so do you want me to angle well, it? Only if you're not going to freak out about the thing okay yeah because like, our, our usb needs to be that, that way. way okay just okay let me do that real quick. Lean in like this the whole time. yeah yeah and in it's actually like technically we we may want you guys more centered because like you know it's going to be like a square for each of you yes, so the more yes. centered you are the better because we'll cut off some of the edges yeah i think that's probably going to work better because i'm going to be here and then you'll be right here so i love still it gotta... so by the way if you guys are noticing Perfect. like a video a video lag on me i apologize for trying to figure out why it started doing that yesterday um just it just ignore it i guess i don't know what to say <laughs> just yeah. pretend we're on a phone call don't look <coughs> okay um, we love this okay we are software by the way oh nice i how have it, has it been for you, you guys happy with it 
Yeah, man, it comes out really good when the when the video is all done. It it doesn't look as good when we're just recording here, mm-hmm. but right. the final product looks great. Yeah, I've I've had a couple hiccups. Like I had to switch Audio? it up. I didn't realize that you had to be on Google Chrome. Like oh. the the people like it doesn't work well if you're not in Chrome. And it doesn't work well if you I, I didn't even know that you had the option, but you can do this from your phone and run it from a browser on your phone and that doesn't work. And we had our first ever recording on this. We had our so, guest click that she had headphones and she did it. Oh, for that audio, was bad. Was so bad. And it sucks so bad. It was like one of these. Of course, it was. Like I know the, we were waiting for. The I know it's like and you can deal with bad video, but bad audio. It's like no, you can't. There's nothing you can do. Nothing yeah. you can do. And I get distracted. Um, like, I can't even listen to it. So. I know. It's really bad. Like, I can watch a crappy video or whatever, but I can't watch it if the audio is bad. So it's tricky. Um, I, I like, I, I'm with you guys. I, I've I've had a couple episodes go wrong. For some reason, the person I recorded yesterday, um, their video was just green the whole time. Like, the recording. We looked fine doing this, but their actual recording was just like a blank green screen. And we have no idea why. That's brutal. Um, yeah, I can't look, I'm, I can't look and that delay is like really distracting me. So I'm just going to look at the camera and not look at you guys. That's okay. Is oh it coming, yeah. Oh, cause it's coming on your side too. Like you're seeing. Us I see the now. delay. So there's like that, like two seconds between when I'm talking yes, and I see my, we see it it's now. really distracting. Yeah. Um, yeah, like anyway, <laughs> we'll just get started. Um, look, well, Hi guys, welcome. Thank you so much for being here. Danny and Mara, and, and actually, you know what, Mara, I gotta ask you, um, because I speak Spanish. Do you want me to call you Mara the American way or Maura? Yeah, that was good. Yeah, ah, okay, okay. If people I was curious. It, we just say Laura, say Laura with an M if you can't roll no, the R's, yeah, but if not, say Maura. I mean, here's the thing, I grew up in Miami, so everybody speaks Spanish. So it's like right. Maura standard. So I never had a reason to come up with the English version of my name. But now in Tampa, I'm right. so I'm like, okay, Mara. <laughs> it's yeah, it's Maura. funny when you're in, it is funny when you're in a, like a heavily Latin area. Cause like yeah. I just moved to Texas about a year and a half ago from Pennsylvania. So like <laughs> there's a big cultural shift and, yeah. uh, and I really, uh, I love diversity and I love like Latin culture and, and everything. And so like, being able to actually feel uh, diversity is really fun and new for me. <laughs> so I'm really appreciative. Yeah, dude, we actually, we, we actually miss, we're more diverse in Tampa as far as like, you know, black, white, you know, different countries, but the culture is kind of lacking. It's like uh, in Miami, it's not very diverse. It's very Latin, um, right. but there's lots of culture. I mean, it's it's only one culture, or, or I would say it's only sure. one Spanish speaking culture and a bunch of countries, South America, Caribbean, but it's just, it's, it's spicier and it's more it's spicier. It's yeah. And, and that we miss yeah. that a little bit, but we like, we like the boring Tampa life. It's not, I don't yeah. mind the boringness. Yeah. I, I was in Sarasota recently. It's the only thing I've traveled for during COVID. It was our best friend's wedding. And I like, we talked a lot about it and I traveled to Sarasota and I'll be honest, my, my sister lives in Lauderdale. So I'm in the sort of South Florida, Miami, Lauderdale vibes a lot. Uh, Sarasota was white. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, elderly, but super that's beautiful. That's, yeah. beach. that's our favorite beach. Gorgeous. Beach. Absolutely gorgeous. Yeah. Uh, but like, like there wasn't even like much to, 
eat in in nice. my view i'm not talking okay if anyone listening i had a great time you know i'm not yeah. i'm not throwing shade but um it's there is so much of a cultural shift when you are in different parts of florida it's really interesting yeah, mm-hmm. it's, yeah there's it's definitely florida florida's crazy it's, it's yeah. Yeah. florida's a little wild uh a <laughs> hey, texas too man like florida, man. <laughs> texas is texas and florida are unique in yes. their uh I don't even know what the word is. Fuckery. (laughs) (laughs) It's wild. (laughs) Um, Anyway, welcome. Uh, Believe it or not, we did not come here to talk about United States of America uh, states. Um, But uh, thank you guys so much for being here and welcome to the podcast. Um, This is my first season of the podcast. You guys are seasoned pros. So uh, bear with me here as I I figure out how the hell I do this and what I'm doing. But I do appreciate you here. It is fun. And, and like, uh, you know, I think probably you guys can can validate this. Sometimes social media and Instagram feels sort of one note. Um, yeah. And I love it. I love being on social media and I love posting my recipes. It's my passion. But I wanted a chance to kind of like dive in a little deeper, yeah. a little longer format um, than like now everything on social media is like shorter and shorter. Now it's like 30 second reels and it's yeah. hard to really... Um, I Get suck deeper, at that, man. So I, I talk too much, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we <laughs> well, tell podcast. us about... Yeah, it's so fun. Yeah, tell, so I was going to say, tell us a little bit about the podcast. I obviously know what it's called, and I've seen some episodes, but uh, for anybody listening, give us a little a little pitch here. What's your podcast, and uh, and how can people find it? You want me to say it? Okay. Uh, first of all, I love, uh, for anybody who's not watching the video, I love the way he's taking the little buchitos from his first little... Of all, his little cafecito. He's got like a little one. espresso cup. I was like, gosh. This should I, should I raise the pink? I'm gonna I'm gonna like raise the pinky. We'll do Dude. it real proper. Oh, I was very jealous of the cafecito. In yeah, it reminds <laughs> us of Miami. It it's looks funny like a little espresso. When I poured myself this water, I was like, I really want coffee. Yeah. But yes, like, yes. I, have I have water too. I have water too. <laughs> so, to that point, the first few episodes, I like because I was like new at this. Like I said, I was like. Oh my god! I can't drink or do anything, and now I'm like, bring it on! Next, you'll see me with like chicharrón, like sitting. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, I definitely feel like yeah, you got to relax into it a little bit. Uh, that's the cool thing about podcasts—they're pretty casual. Yeah. So, so you guys speaking the of podcast, podcasts, yeah, man, it, this was just something that we were so excited to to do because I my main experience with podcasting was the ketogenic athlete and. You know, if you weren't ketogenic or you weren't an athlete, it was like we couldn't talk about all these other subjects that we really love. So when we got together, first of all, it was so exciting to record with my wife every day. But we had like five main areas that we wanted to like talk about. And that was, of course, nutrition, of course, fitness. But then we wanted to weave in our our homeschooling, you know, our education philosophy. Like we're we're unschoolers. You know, we we're very, very. Uh, I don't know. I don't want to call it hands the off. Black sheep in every yeah in every situation. Yeah, because we're we're <laughs> not like we don't quite fit in with the homeschool community because we don't really follow like a, a real uh, one solid curriculum, and we don't fit in with the schooling community because we don't want to really do that either. So, um, but we do have a philosophy with education, uh, and we did our first several episodes on our our five pillars, like. What's our nutrition philosophy? What's our fitness philosophy? What's our education philosophy? Then we wanted to, of course, weave in our parenting philosophy because all of these things are so tied in together. And it's like, when you see us having success with the kids, that the kids are, they're happy, they're fulfilled, they're eating a certain way. I think it it all works together. And of course the fifth is mindset, which is 
it starts with mindset. I mean, and you and I both just did an awesome uh, positivity summit that Ryan and uh, ketogenic.com uh, you know, hosted. So, um, so we've, we've been able to talk about everything from you know, recent episodes where we did conceiving naturally to we did homeschool episodes with our friend Anthony J like years ago where Anthony's so used to talking about epigenetics and you know estrogen and but he he spent two hours talking to us about homeschool because he was homeschooled so we mm. just we just have all these areas where we're able to to like spend more time on and it's like it's the most selfish thing we do we love it we learn from people and we get to talk about what we love so it's awesome yeah I there's so much you just said that I'm, I'm curious for, <laughs> but real quick, before we dive in deeper, you just said a two hour podcast. It's funny because when I planned this in my mind, I was thinking like, oh yeah, 30 minute episodes. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, yeah, <laughs> I don't think there's possible. been anything under an hour. Yeah. It's, it is funny how this works. Like once you start talking and diving into this stuff, it just happens. It flows, which yeah. is good, right? Yeah. I love it. So, and, and that's neat. So you, it is called uh, the Fat Fueled Family, correct? Yep. And uh, and that's kind of cool because it, you don't necessarily see a lot of people merging education in general. Nonetheless, you know, child education uh, with fitness and wellness and diet those those don't necessarily like always pair up when we kind of think about ever you know finding a niche in this space. Um, so I think that's really interesting. How do you deal with that? So you said. Uh, you don't really have a popular approach. I don't remember the words you use. You don't have a popular approach to, to homeschooling. Talk about that for a second. You are kind of making your own space. So walk us through a little bit about what your homeschooling looks like since you brought up the topic. I know that's a big question, but. No, no, that's good. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I guess I'll start and then Danny, shut me down when I'm rambling because <laughs> I can really go off. No, this here. is the best with you. But, <laughs> You're um, the best with And there's so stuff. much to talk about, right? So. Yeah. Really, it started with just my own experience and Danny's experience. Um, I went to public school my whole life. Um, I was a great student. I was, I'm a people pleaser mostly. So, and it was easy for me. I, I, I did well, you know. So it's not like I didn't do well in school or anything like that. Um, but I was definitely bored. <laughs> I was definitely bored. I never felt like fulfilled, same <laughs> fulfilled in any way. It's one of those things where. You know, by the time you're a senior, and I went to a very big high school in Miami, and so you know, with, with a graduating class of over a thousand students, um, they don't care. <laughs> they don't care what you do. So I, you know, my whole senior year, I spent doing my passion, which was dance. And I would tell my teachers dead in their eye, I'm like, look, I'm, I'm not coming to class. I don't know what to tell you. Like, I have a competition. I got to practice. I'm not coming to class anymore. Um, and it was just, it felt like a lot of time wasted, to be honest, when I was in, in, you know. I think I realized probably in high school that I felt like, you know, my time was being wasted. Danny went to a private school um, and then he went to an Ivy League, uh, you know, university. I went to, uh, you know, FIU in Miami. So I didn't really get the full college experience or anything. But with all that said, um, when it came time for us to make that decision, I was, you know, I always wanted to homeschool. But in my mind at the time, like I just didn't ha I had self-limiting beliefs for, about myself. So I would tell myself, I wish I could be one of those moms. Like that would be great if I could be one of those people, if I had the patience, if I um, could be that. I truly didn't think I had the patience and I still don't think I have the patience to be honest. <laughs> right. But it's just one of those things that, you know what, it, it forces you to grow. Um, 
And, you know, when my son, when, well, first of all, when Desmond was born, around the time he was like one year old, people started to ask me when he was going to go to school. And honestly, I found it very strange because at one year, one year old, they're practically babies still. There's so much that they need to learn. They about, are babies. Yeah. About just like how to feed yourself, how to get dressed, you know, like character, like how to act. Manners. Yeah. Manners and stuff like that. And the thought of like sending him somewhere all day to do, I don't know what you know it was just a strange thing for people to ask me and then like when he was like two or three I started to think okay well if I ever do do something like I, I would do I know I'm not going to take traditional route like public school is never going to be an option I was going to either do Montessori I started looking into Montessori schools um and I went and visited and one it's very very expensive so I just realized in that moment I'm like I there's nothing that they're doing here that I can't do myself. And I have my child's best interest. You know, I am his number one fan. I have his best interest and I'm going to take, you know, the utmost responsibility compared to someone else. So um, it just started like that. And then we started to dig into like, you know, learning about where school even comes from, like the concept of compulsory schooling. It's actually a new concept. You know, people have always been homeschooled. Compulsory schooling is only a little over a hundred years old, maybe right, Danny? Like, it started yeah. like in the it started in the industrial revolution. They basically had all these immigrants coming in. They needed a way to basically control the masses, and that's where schooling actually came in. And so, we started to dig into all of that. John Taylor Gatto, for anybody who, you know, uh, likes to dig into this kind of stuff, he is amazing. He's he uh you know he passed away just last year, but. He was a public school teacher for 30 years in New York City, and he he quit one day because he just couldn't do it anymore. He sent his res resignation letter to the Wall Street Journal, which is pretty epic. And he just spent his whole life just dedicated to educating people about, you know, the way kids learn. So just ultimately to kind of, you know, sum it up is we believe differently in the way we think children learn. We think that when you're self-motivated, is when you actually learn and again bringing in my own experience i was a good student i passed all these tests you could give me any of those tests right now and i wouldn't remember any of that stuff because i didn't retain the information right so if there was one of those things where we all came out of public schools and we were like well you know at least i know all this stuff like no none of us does none of us retained anything that wasn't interesting you know, so for Danny, he retained a ton of history. He's always like, you don't know this. I'm like, no, I told you. Well, that's I hated because history. I loved it. Yeah. Right. I'm like, but and, and, I'm, right. and I'm like, no, Danny, I hated history when I was. <coughs> that's why I don't remember. <laughs> yep. You know? Right. So, I don't yeah. think I remember any I of it. I don't think I loved any of it. Yeah. They teach you. <laughs> yeah. They literally teach you to brain dump. They teach you to memorize something for right. a test. Then you forget it. Well, yeah, it's sort of like. So my mom is a, a career. Her whole life has been an educator and a school, a public school principal. I went to public school. My big sister is a high school history teacher. So like my family, I have tons of yeah, like aunts and cousins teachers. and all this who are all educators. Yeah, I have tons of educators in my life. The funny thing is, is that I had a really tough time in school. It, it never felt like something for me. I barely made it through college uh, at all. Like education is really hard for me because I feel like it doesn't necessarily fit me. Now, I am the least qualified person to talk about education and I, I am so um, uh, disconnected. I'm not a parent uh, either. So I, I have no real connection to this. But some of the things you're saying, of course, I, I do kind of feel because school always felt for me like it was sort of designed for the average kid. Yeah. 
And yeah. it sort of left out the outliers. Yes. It left out the either extremely high performers yes. or the extremely low performers or the performers who just think different yes. and work Absolutely. different. Exactly. And so um, it, it has always felt like that to me, but it, it's a very complex moving system that makes the public school system operate. Um, and I've seen how complex it is from growing up with, you know, with yeah. my mom as a, as a principal and an administrator. It's a very complex machine. And so it's challenging. You can't individualize education yeah. for when, like you said, like I grew up, I think there was like, I don't know, six or 700 kids in my class in high school in these big public school systems. I was outside of DC and it's the same thing. Like there's no way that these teachers, they're already stretched too thin and overworked and underpaid oh, yeah. and underfunded. It's very tricky. Yeah, I so I yeah, I, I, I feel you. And and I'm sure like there's probably some kids who would do great, that do great in a public school system. And I'm sure there's others that like, you know, it's not, I, I, I'm assuming, but that's cool. That's really interesting. So how does this, how do you fit this in with health and nutrition, right? Because you mentioned mindset and I speak a lot about that both here and in other places. I think that health is about so much more than macros. Um, And uh, I know that's kind of an oversimplification of it, but I think it's just a point that I try to make a lot that that overall health is so much more than just like the the data of what you put in your mouth. Right. Um, Education must play a role in that, in in mindset, in mental health, in emotional intelligence. like I've just started learning, like we hear a lot about someone's IQ, but isn't there like an EQ and all these other factors and right. involved in someone's overall emotional health? Um, is that kind of how you feel like education fits in here? That's a major part of it for sure. Like, and, and the cool thing is that, you know, when you do education the way we do it, we spot opportunities all the time. You know, like today, for example, I'm gonna go pick up a big box of meat from my local rancher. I'm taking the boys with me. Like, that's just a thing, you know? And so uh, Desmond- It's a field trip. Yeah, it's yeah. a field trip, dude. And we don't we don't yeah. ever end. Like, you know, we take breaks because we have specific, like we have this one co-op that we go to. I don't know if we would call it that. It's a, it's a what is urban education, urban college educational, urban cottage well, educational. I mean, at that point, Mike, it's like private too. Yeah, it's this. I don't want to talk about this one too much because it's like it's like a diamond in a rough. It's this woman is just unbelievable. She she sees education the way we see it. Same philosophy, same ideals. And she caps it off at five kids, no matter what, five five kids kids at a time. And like you said, it's Hmm. a management system. And so, like, I can't I can't speak to the I can't give um, the intentions or talk about the intentions of the people who are organizing all this. But I can point out the inherent flaws in the system that are just gonna make it hard no matter how well-intentioned you are. Um, So like, how do we fit that in? Um, Well, one thing I'll say is this summer, I'm gonna be teaching, we're doing bartering. So like, I'm gonna, we pay this this one woman to, to take our boys, you know, right now it's four hours a week, we're bumping it to like 12 hours a week. Is that what it is? Yeah. And um, we have all these other co-ops, but I'm going to be teaching a class on it's it's like science of nutrition. She has to put the science in there. So the parents are like, okay, I'm giving them science, but we're going to be fermenting Mm -hmm. food. We're going to be, you know, I'm going to teach them about how to make kombucha. And so like the skills that the boys have picked up in the last several years have been amazing. Like, like, for example, Desmond, when did he start making his eggs? Like five years old, four or five years old? 
his eggs, like cooking his eggs for breakfast. Oh, very young knife skills, you know, um, all of these things that that are. And and of course, this goes very well with our whole philosophy of how do we get our kids to eat the way we eat? Mm -hmm. And if they're invested into it, like if they helped you make that sourdough bread or whatever, which we've been talking about for years, we've never made a sourdough bread. I don't know what's wrong because with us. I know us. it's going to be gone in like one second. It takes like forever. Yeah, because we no one in this house eats bread. So it's like, it's gonna bread! Be <laughs> so, but like all of these things are like, are are just so much more. It's like, it's like, and again, it's not a personal thing, but it's like school and schooling is like black and white. And this is like, all the colors, you know, because it's like they get yeah, this. We get to teach them what we value, right? Yeah. So like we value nutrition, you know, like I didn't learn about proper nutrition in school, um, you know, connecting us to our food. We're teaching them about like the farming system. And of course, they've got their core subjects. That's but that we refer out. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we like to spend our time like in their sweet spots, yeah, you know. Yeah. And um, what was one thing that you said about that that I thought was um, relevant was that um Oh, okay. There's another thing. So we, when we teach them things, we're teaching them principles and concepts. So it's not like this is how you eat healthy. It's like, this is why we eat the way we eat. And, and it's like, you know, connecting that why to the, to the how and the, you know, the facts and the figures and stuff like the facts and the figures are great. And there's certainly a million kids out there who are going to have that that brain that's just going to be like, you know, 1976, that was when this, you know, but for me, <laughs> it's more important for Desmond and for Dean to both understand, like, this is this is why we eat the way we eat. Like, I can guarantee you that you put my especially my 10 year old, you put him in a, in a room where people are talking about nutrition and food yeah, he knows. and he's going to have a very good conversation. Um, and I think that's awesome because it's not sure. He's gonna be like, well, cholesterol. Yeah, like he'll he'll tell you about it, and, and I I'm always like, well, LDL is yeah. I I always tell him because he does he does he's passionate, so he does start to talk about things, and I'm like, first of all, you have to understand that like if you are foggy on any of the areas, don't speak authoritatively, you know, because I I you know I I don't want you to come off as this person who thinks he knows everything, uh, and that's always like one of those things where I'm like, and we know that our kids do get a lot of their beliefs from us. Like we know that there's no way around that, but we're trying to encourage them to, to really be honest and, and, and come to their conclusions on their own and know why. And I think that's the major connection. Right. Is there anything I miss my love? Like with, no, I think that's good. well, I, I hear a lot here and like, uh, it sounds like one of the kind of priorities that you made is rather than sort of forcing like here's the rules in our house because I say so. Oh, it's yeah. more about like let me let me teach you why we do these things so that your kids want to yeah. make those decisions exactly. for themselves as opposed to like and understand why they're doing that. Right. Um for anybody listening what are sort of the practical approaches, the practical tools that you use to educate your kids on food because you're right. I think I think you said it um that basically nutrition is not taught in school. It's just not. Yeah. Um, not at all, not sort of the history of nutrition, not even like in health class, do we really learn about nutrition? Um, so I, I have a feeling a lot, like it really wasn't something talked about in my house. I sort of knew cause my mom would say like, you know, obviously I knew that like a, a box of Oreos was not healthy. You know, I, I sort of right. had an awareness, 
of what was in the healthy column and what was not in the healthy column. I don't really think I knew why. Um, and I certainly don't feel like I was empowered to make those decisions on my own. Now, that's not a criticism. You know, I think that's just very standard yeah, in a certain yeah. sense. Like, um, you know, we're not really taught those things in school. So practically speaking, and I guess this applies, this has nothing to do with homeschooling per se, yeah. as much as just as a parent. How do you do that? How do you actually educate rather than just sort of say like, this is bad, don't do that? Yeah, well, kids kids are very smart. Like they, they notice things. So just life itself is a really good teacher. Um, Desmond, we had like a little, we had a different kind of experience with both. So Desmond, when he was born, we were paleo and he like, he was the best fed baby on planet. Like this yeah. kid did not even know what to do with like these lollipops that they gave him one day. He was like doing air drums. I'm like, this kid, he doesn't literally doesn't even know what to do with it. <laughs> of course, eventually they find out by living in the world, but he, you know, he, he had a really, really good start. Dean, so did Dean because he was nursed and all of that. But at that time was when me and Danny, we started to um, do, it's my fault. <laughs> it's all Danny's fault. <laughs> if, if it's your macros, because we went from CrossFit to doing, uh, Danny started powerlifting and the culture, it changes. Yeah. <laughs> so beautiful. the food, you know, um, that's when, if it fits your macros was gaining popularity. But anyways, we got sucked into that. And um, we got lazy for a little bit there with the food with the, for the kids. And my kids started having all these health issues, okay? So like Desmond, he was having, he has horrible environmental allergies and they'll flare up. So he'll get nasty asthma, he'll get nosebleeds, all this stuff. Dean, it'll be like behavioral stuff and other, uh, other stuff like that. And he had eczema at that time. And Desmond was already older and so he hated the nosebleeds. And he's always listening to his dad, of course. So one way that they learn is really by you modeling the behavior. Absolutely. So if you just model the behavior mm. that you want to see, they typically follow, right? And so, you know, kids notice, right? Like Danny and I don't look like the other parents. They, we just don't, you know what I mean? And my kids notice that, you know, they notice Desmond asked me one day, mom, what's all that silver stuff in my friend's mouth? I'm like, cavities. I'm like, you don't even know what that is because you don't, this, this is why we don't eat sugar, right? Like, yeah. this is the reason. I'm like, you think it's like a, it's not, it's not a miracle that you don't have cavities. It's because of the way you eat, which actually he healed a cavity, which is, that's, that's whole other crazy. story. Because yeah. when he went keto, he literally healed a cavity in six months because they're kids and they can remineralize their teeth like that. So we did an, you know, an experiment at the time. They're always watching. Danny's always doing his experiments. Um, and we just, we, we, we offered it. We're like, hey, does why don't you just do an experiment for three days? Do carnivore. I bet you like your nosebleeds will get a lot better, like all this stuff. And he's like, all right, three days, you know, and we started small, like three days. And it's his choice. I'm like, if you don't, you can stop if you want. He did three days. And then we're like, all right, buddy, you know, you're done. And he's like, no, I think I'm going to do two more. But I'm going to do like, but then he wanted to do like keto. And so then we transitioned more to like keto. I'm like, you don't have to be carnivore, buddy. You can have like. You're a kid, you could do like more paleo, you can have like keto stuff. And and he realized like all his symptoms got better. The asthma, we very we rarely flare up with that stuff, the nosebleeds, all that stuff. And so he they notice. Um, and that's just how we eat in our home, you know, because so Danny and I, we have our our own like rules for our own money. So the way we do things here too is like with the budget, right? Like they don't have money, <laughs> so they have to eat what I buy. We have a budget. 
Right. We choose to spend our money on food that we find ethical, source responsibly, like healthy and nutritious for you, for what's good for your well-being. They are free to spend their own money on whatever they want. We actually encourage that. That's another practical tip like for parents. like We actually encourage them. When we do groceries, I would give them five or ten bucks each and say, you choose mm. something. And you'd be so surprised that when they get that responsibility, it's almost like they don't want to let you down or something. Or they want to be responsible. They want they want to get that 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 um they want to be able to do it again, right? They can get that money again. So you know they might pick a a, a chocolate bar, but then they'll get like what did Desmond get one day? It was like kefir or something. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. Yogurt, He's like, like getting all this yogurt. cool stuff. Yeah, like they'll pick a fruit. So <laughs> so yeah, and then there's other like tools, like actual learning things, like what, like buddies in my belly. What else? Oh my gosh! So all those years ago we started with how to eat like a dinosaur oh, how to eat like um fathead kids is a great book um uh yeah buddies in my belly that teaches them about gut health probiotics. and probiotics um there's there's a bunch of books i mean we have right here and and we we talk about them all the time but I'm, i'll say something else because this this goes back to yesterday for example uh i was taking the boys to uh jujitsu and we stopped at the store and um and Dean asked for Reese's cups. And they, he, he, uh, before we get to the, 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 right when we get to pay, I go, and the guy who's paying, he, he hears me and he cracks up. I'm like, buddy, the answer is no. <laughs> before you even ask, the answer is no. And he, he brings out the Reese's cups and he's like, come on, Bobby, I'll give you one. I'm like, you know, I don't eat that. Like, <laughs> he tried to bribe you. He tried to bribe me. And, <laughs> right, as if that's gonna solve it, right? Yeah, like, and I'm like, like no, I, I'm like, I'm not gonna pay for that and you don't have your wallet. And so Dean does jujitsu first. So he finishes his jujitsu class. I'm sitting outside talking to my buddy on the phone. And he's like, um, the owner's daughter wants to give me these Welch's um, little. Uh, the caramels? No, the gummy bears. Like the little. Oh, okay, okay. The, the little fruit juice. Oh, and he's like, can I have them? I'm like, sure. And then he goes, oh, I found out that I have to buy them. I'm like, oh, well, I'm not going to buy those. <laughs> Uh, you know, I'm sorry. Like, I can't spend my money on those. I'm not going to buy those. Like, it's one thing for someone to offer you and you can have them or you buy them with your own food. But it's for me to buy them. I am not going to contribute to that because I don't support what I, sorry, I deem that immoral. I don't think it's yeah. moral to give children sugar candy. I just, and so I'm not going to yeah, support that with my money. Yeah, and even that we allow, it's, it's terrible. It really is so bad. Yeah, it's like so like all of the stuff that you we allow here so in bad. this country there's not even, not only are they not allowed in most countries, but if they are, they're, they're at least what? They're labeled. They're they labeled are, and at least there's like a quantity maximum. Like you can't have more than this amount of whatever. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's a lot, what you said earlier about like do it because I said so, that's a big thing for us, you know, because we are all about maintaining their autonomy. Like we want them to have their autonomy yes. and we're still going to like, whether they ask or not, I'm probably, I'm a little bit worse at this than she is because she's like, she has a heart and I'm a little bit, you know, I have, I have a black Daddy, heart. I'm like, I'm like, well, you can buy it for yourself, but if you ask me what I think, I'm going to tell you this is junk, you know, blah, 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 you know, and, and he knows what I, what I think. And I'm like, but, but at the end of the day, it's your body, you know? And like, I think it's so important to teach children right. that their body belongs to them. No, you don't have to kiss grandma you know, so-and-so because she wants to give you a kiss. I'm not going to make you do that because, well, this one for one, we're Cuban. So like everybody imagine if you're like an introvert and you're not like so, liking to be touched and stuff, like you're going to really be out of your comfort zone going to like a gathering around at a king says and give you a kiss 
on the cheek to 100 people. Those yeah, 100 people kiss you, hug okay. you, and right. then you got to do it again to say goodbye. <laughs> and like, right. you don't force them to do anything because I think more important than anything, and I think this nowadays is very applicable, that we should understand that our body belongs to us and that we should be trusted to make our health decisions, like how we, how we, you know, pursue health, how we protect ourselves from stuff. So I think that that is such an important thing that we don't want to mess with that because you can't teach them and show them one way and then expect them to change when they're 18. Like, okay, now you're free. You're no longer under my authoritative rule. Now yeah. you can do whatever you want. That's going to be a yeah. hard thing to That's switch. That's another thing I've totally thought of as well, right? Like, why do we treat and here's the thing. This is another thing that is very specific to Amer America. Other countries, they find us kind of ridiculous for doing this, and so do I. But, like, why do kids have to have a different a dinner menu? Why do they have a different menu? Are they a different species? Are yeah. they... Like, we literally... <laughs> we dumb down food. And you as a chef, like, I love... We're foodies. Like, I love trying different food and trying different cultures. Like, if I go to an right. Indian restaurant, I don't want to see chicken nuggets on the menu. Give my kid an right. Indian dish like I want them to try the food like why is that no matter where you go it's the same for food and sadly kids. around the world it's becoming like that too yeah it's actually spreading yeah I know it's just ridiculous I actually saw a, like a kids menu in India that had pizza Ugh. on it and I was like I didn't just fly to You're like, Where's the what's non? happening right now yeah it's it's so annoying. I, I can't even like go to tourist restaurants. Oh, it's so when I'm yeah, no way. But that's that's like don't get me started on the food part because yeah, uh, I want to go back to a couple things that you brought up. So, uh, like I said, I'm not a parent, but um, as an uncle, I've seen some of this stuff, and just a lot of my close friends have kids as well. And so I, wa I want to throw the question, kind of, I, I want to challenge you guys for a second because I love what you're talking about, of course, and I totally agree with everything you're saying, but I think that. In my observation, sometimes we can create a little bit of shame around food with kids. And I'll give you like a, a quick example. My niece and nephew are adorable. They're in elementary school. One day I get, they call me all the time. They FaceTime. They're so cute. Um, I get a FaceTime call. Uncle Mike, you're going to be mad at us. I'm like, why would I be mad at you? Because we're in line at Chick-fil-A and it's not keto and you're going to be mad at us. Yeah. And I was like, where is this coming from, guys? I've never even talked to them about keto before. Like they watch my social media and they they like oh like they read my cookbook like it's a children's book at night. Like they're the cutest, sweetest kids ever, and it's so adorable. They're so proud of me and like it's so cute. But in my mind, I'm like, where is this coming from? And they like literally felt guilty. Like it's like they're smart. They pick up on what keto is at like eight years yeah. old, and they're like calling me feel like you're gonna be mad at us. And it kind of like broke yeah. my heart because I'm like, no, of course, I don't want them eating Chick-fil-A. Don't get me wrong. Uh, they're not wrong about the idea that maybe fried food is not a good decision to right. make. But I do get concerned around the shame. Absolutely. And I think when we make food the enemy and when we make shame around food, we start to inch our children closer towards you know, a bad relationship yeah. with eating and um, and at an extreme end can lead to eating disorders or even like kind of the counter results where you end up obese because you leave home at 18 and you eat nothing but pizza for the next <laughs> four years of your life in college because you can finally eat as much pizza as you want. And then you have a very, very um, hard relationship with food. So I, I guess my question for you is throwing it back at you. 
you have some tactics. You let your kids make their own decisions. You give them kind of their own money to choose and kind of think about the own, their own value around food. But what happens if they make a bad decision? You know, how do you deal with that? Because I don't think that children should feel shame around food. Absolutely. Yeah. So we have had an experience like that as well, and we're learning too. And we did have a situation when Dean was a little younger where we saw him hiding. He was like hiding, eating something at like Dean's parents. Fries. No, it was oh, under it was the table at something. La Carreta or something. Oh, yeah. He was eating and fries under the table. And from that minute on, I was like, okay, no. We need to change something yeah. here because I don't yeah. want my kids to feel shame. That's the worst, right? Because then we're... Right. What our point? What's our point here? To raise healthy kids, where we're we're creating the opposite. I don't want them to leave my house and, like you said, right, go for straight for the hot and ready sign, Krispy Kreme, like. <laughs> right. Finally! Well, and and those things end up. Those things yes. end up into us as adults. Yes. Like I feel some of those like strained relationships oh, and yeah, the shame around food as an adult. I, I'm sure we've all been there at some point in our life where we're like shoving something down our throat in, in the drive through parking lot because we don't want someone to know. <laughs> yeah, because we don't want like our partner at home to see her. We've probably all been oh, there yeah. at one point in our life at some at some point as an adult felt shame around food. And it yeah. like I think it's it's almost worse than just choosing a bad decision around food, if that makes any sense. Yeah. 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 You know, we we're at th these kids are still at the age where they want to please us. So it's so yeah. hard to really like it's a constant struggle to try to get them to be honest with us because I'm like, look, I'm not going to punish you. We, we don't really do the punishing thing like we, we have we try to have natural consequences and, and all that. And if if I ever get that feeling, I, I say, listen, when I was your age, I ate terrible. Yeah. You know, like I we always bring it back mm -hmm. like because that's the other thing, too, that yeah, it's like our They're parents so are this ideal you know, that, that we'll never reach. And that's just as exactly. bad. And like, we tell them they know both of us dealt with addiction. They know like specific stories. They know, you know, what I used to eat all the way into high school. You know, like I was, I was my, we ate home cooked food a lot of the time. Uh, you know, it wasn't a lot of, a lot of um, variety because there was only a few meals. It was either fricasse de pollo, like chicken fricassee, you know, it was, Picadillo, you know, like the ground beef with rice. It was mm -hmm. fried eggs with rice. And then, Friends you know, yeah, <laughs> like we didn't have that much money. And it was a lot of the same thing over and over and over. But then in high school, you know, after football practice, they know my, my dad would take me and I would get my my Whopper, Whopper. combo or my double quarter pounder combos and my my McFlurries, McFlurries and, galore. you know, eating a, a box of Chips Ahoy in a night. Don't talk about an Oreo McFlurry, Oreo dude. McFlurry you know, and you know, it's like, look, most of the time I personally don't with my money, but sometimes I do yeah, because sometimes, we do. sometimes we're like, you know what, today you're going to have a burger with the Yeah, bar. we actually get it for them sometimes. Yeah. Like, and I make it like fun, you know, because it like. It, and it, it has not, it's not attached to anything either. And it's not like it's to not make them feel better. Yeah, because that's yeah. one thing that we. It's not a reward. No, 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 it's no, just. No. And that's one thing that parents yeah. need to be wary of. And I've, I've had to catch myself where if my son is sad or you like one time Desmond, one of his really good friends moved. And like my thought was to take him to go get ice cream or something. And I was like, oh, no, 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 no. But like, yeah, we've been good about that, though. You know, like don't reward and don't comfort with food. So it's never attached to anything. It's just like, hey, you know, today's Friday. Dad's not here. He's not in town. 
I'm tired. You want to go through the drive-through? Like whatever, it's fine. And you know what ends up? And you know what sure. ends up happening? When it is once in a while and it is a treat, they feel it. My kids will be like, "Oh, my stomach hurts." I'm like, "Why do you think yeah. that is?" Yeah, They're we like, always oh, ask them questions. Burger, yeah, try the bread or I don't know, like the the you know. That's interesting. Because so they, they notice. And in a way, and, and in a way, you just sort of answered the question in a different way too. In that, like. Even you guys, they get they get the treats once yeah. in a while. It's not something to be sh- ashamed of per se. Yeah. Exactly. Well, or like at birthday parties, like I never wanted them to feel left out either, right? Like if they go to a birthday party, they can go ham. Like I'm not. We still feed be, them like, before though. We still feed them before, so we have <laughs> our little tips. Like we we give them a good meal before to make sure that they're just they got their protein in, their fat, and they're pretty full, you know. So whatever they do eat, it's really extra. Yeah. And um, same thing, if there's like, you know, the other day at Jiu-Jitsu was a kid's birthday and they brought out cupcakes. I'm not going to be like, you can't have a cup. You know, like that's, that's not going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know you gotta, yeah. 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 Well, I was going to say no, the yeah, thing. I'm sorry. I hate it. No, I interrupt her sometimes. The, um, <laughs> the, the, the whole saying, like, let them live. Like, we can't stand that saying because yeah. like I see these kids, these poor children, and they're like slaves in their own body. They yeah. can't move because they're obese. And like, they're starting to get symptoms that they shouldn't even get for 20 years, you know, of, of that type of living. And to me, that is not living, you know? And so like, let them live to me, Mm -hmm. I feel is more in line with what we do, which is like birthday party, Halloween, you know, cake used to be a thing that, you know, it was like a big deal. Like if there was a cake now, it's like every day's cake day, you know? So every day's cake day is candy day. And And that's the thing, like whatever you don't expect out of an adult, we shouldn't expect out of kids either. Like I They're never growing, understood like just right? free for all until you're 18 and like all of a sudden now you have to have self-control. I think that we need to like teach them yeah, while we gotta they're growing give up. Them like, guideposts. Give them some kind of guideposts. Yeah. We, well, and, and kind of to your point about like the kids menus, the truth is, is that most of the ways that parents want their kids to eat is the way they should be eating <laughs> exactly. too. It's like, it really is the same thing. Like it, <laughs> It's actually pretty much the same thing. Like as a kid, you probably shouldn't be eating cake every day. And as an adult, you shouldn't be eating cake every day. I mean, I don't think there's that much of a difference. Developmentally, perhaps, which will lead me to my next question, which is you, um, you have a keto household. So are your children primarily keto? We say paleo, more paleo paleo. because they do eat carbs sometimes. Paleo-ish. More keto than anything. Every time we've tested them, their blood sugar and their, and their ketones, they've always been in ketosis. It's like. The amount of energy yeah. that my son expends by exactly 8 a.m. is insane. Um, so, so, sure, like, you know, it's funny. Like, um, I just got a video the other day that I thought was hilarious. Popped up in my Facebook memories, and it was Dean when he was four, and he's eating an apple, and I and I point the camera at him, and I go, Dean. I obviously prompted him before this, so it was really cute. I go, Dean, is that apple keto? And he's like, ketosis is a metabolic <laughs> state. And I was like. <laughs> I was like, that's right, Dean. Ketosis is a metabolic state. Now that that is enlightenment right there. That's amazing. Uh, you know, so I, I guess my question is, and granted, you know, I'm not a I'm not a medical professional, but what do you say to somebody? I hear a lot, uh, you know, kids need carbs for their brains to develop. Keto's not safe for kids. What do you say to that? I, I'm just kind of curious. Well, dang, how many carbs do they need? Because my, my kids, that's the thing, right? Like the people who are saying this, let's be realistic. Um, 
the um a cat what is it the pediatrics whatever that is the yeah. anatomy of pediatrics whatever their daily recommendation for for children it's ridiculous what is it 130 it, no it's like between yeah. two it's like 200 grams or something like that i don't know i don't quote me on this but it's very high and the truth is it's like how much how much sugar can we have at one time 30 grams or something like that yeah so sure i i don't i definitely don't think that every child needs to be strict keto no now if there's epilepsy if there's behavioral stuff if there's sure if there's any issues then yeah this is going to be very helpful very beneficial and safe it's definitely safe because it's a natural state babies babies are in ketosis they're born in ketosis even with sugary breast milk you can go you know you can give a baby sugar all day and go test them in the middle of the night they would still be in ketosis my son i test him he's always in ketosis even after he ate rice sometimes because they're just so active. So I definitely think kids are gonna just be a little bit more insulin sensitive for sure, especially if they're active. Um, but you know, where do you draw the line? The, the amount of kids, the, the average consumption is probably between two to 400 grams a day. Yeah. I and mean, think about it. What do these kids eat? Like just by breakfast, they've already got like 100 right there. Like cereal juice, like. Yeah. It's and just, they have snack it's times incessant. a million yeah. snack times it's like too much. we go they'll have like classes and, that they take at the local yeah. homeschool co-op and it'll be like it's a two hour, hour a one hour, hour two hour session it's like make sure to bring your snacks it's like it's an hour. and it's like <laughs> snacks for what like and that's the other thing we can talk about this if you want we don't adhere to like times you know when you're hungry let me know and let's cook something let's eat breakfast is one that we always kind of cook but they're but always kind of hungry, kinda hungry. Um, like I would say, what are the, how are we measuring like the development of our children? Like the way that they speak, their, their size, obviously my, my 10 year old is, he looks like a 12, 13 year old. He's off the charts. You know, he, he's growing every single day. Dean is well within the, the normal, um, weight and height. He's probably a little bit taller than he should be. I don't know. We, we have, we haven't. We haven't gone to the pediatrician in forever. That's a whole other story. Uh, but like, yeah, these kids are developing great. They're, they have everything they need. The only thing that they don't have, unfortunately, maybe what they're missing from the carbs is all the, the cravings and all the, and all the mood swings. Maybe, <laughs> maybe. They have like, if they have carbs, like I said, we keep it paleo, right? So we have like certain what we call non-negotiables that yeah. are on a day-to-day -day basis because the, you know, the reactions that we're going to get, it's just not worth it. Yeah. And even they know it, like it's got to be gluten free, you know, vegetable oils, same thing. You know, I'm not going to buy something with food dyes. You know, there's so many other options now that it's pretty easy to stay away from, from these things and just teaching them how to make a plate of food and what's important, right? Like we just have it backwards. So not to, not that kids can't have carbs, but the thing is, is that these kids, the regular, like the average child that's eating all of these carbs, they're not eating their meat. And that's a problem Oh yeah, because, because you don't want it. Like it's, it creates like a, a vicious cycle. You know how that is. Like we've all been in those times where we're eating poorly sure. and you know, when you're just eating poorly over and over, the last thing you want is like, you don't really crave the healthy stuff after a certain point. They eat all the processed and stuff. They're eating processed right. food all day. So of course they're not going to want their piece of right. meat or chicken. And that's the problem. And the parents check the box in their mind. They're like, I served them. A serving of meat you know but the child's not eating it so you're raising an unintentional vegan which that's a whole like you know in certain countries in europe you can't raise your kids as as vegans unless you have like a doctor's supervision because 
you want to talk about issues that 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 can promote a whole bunch of issues you know from deficiencies and stuff but yeah in general the kids like they're off the charts they do very well like yesterday they had for lunch i made them chicken and sweet potato that's what they both ate they loved it um with some butter on the sweet potato they need like half the sweet potato half yeah the they they'll eat their meat first which is which is kind of like those mm. habits that are built yeah interesting so so let's let's pivot for a second um so I'm, I'm kind of interested in, in your in both of your journeys on keto. Um, you're obviously both very fit, very athletic. I know you're both former athletes, if not currently. Um, and kind of curious your thoughts on uh, on keto as a tool outside of weight loss. So we see this a lot. We see keto being kind of marketed as a fad diet, right? We see it marketed as um as, as, as like another sort of hot diet, lose 30 pounds in 30 right. days kind of thing. Um, and, it, and it can be a powerful tool for weight loss. It has for a lot of people like myself. But the funny thing for me is that like, I really only lost weight the first year. Now the next two years after that has been for a lot of other reasons. So I was hoping you guys could chime in a little bit because I almost think there's like a, um, a misconception. I think there's a lot of people in fitness and athletics who are keto but i think you see a lot you know we've all seen like documentaries where like there's a big push for plant-based athletes and athletics and um to me there's like a major disconnect yeah. but I, i'm yeah. biased but I, i'd love for you guys to chime in sort of culturally speaking around why you think that people don't associate keto with athletics because to me being fat fueled being in ketosis has to be one of the most powerful tools for fitness in my mind. Well, why don't you talk about first, I'll talk about the athletic stuff because you know I love that, but talk to them about what you experience with keto, with depression, and then oh, yeah, with like carnivore, the with 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 uh, anxiety. Yeah, I'll touch a little bit on like the non-weight loss thing because the truth is that I didn't come to keto for weight loss. I am the queen of weight right. loss. I can w lose weight many ways a lot of them being unhealthy ones right like weight loss that's why skinny is not healthy so i hope people at this point are, are yeah. starting to understand that now um because for the longest time all i did was all i cared about was that so there's a lot of ways to be skinny <laughs> so that are not healthy um so when i came to keto it was because like i said we had had, had dean um i got postpartum depression we had moved and I had strayed from paleo. Thankfully, I had that paleo experience that I remembered how I felt and I remembered not obsessing about food so much all the time because you know how it is. Like when you're doing these typical bodybuilding diets, that if it fits your macros, they're very low carb and right. low fat. You're eating thinking- It's all oh, restriction it's all based. And you're eating one meal, you're already thinking about the next meal. Yeah. You starve all week and then right. what do you do on the weekend? You cheat and then it takes all the way until wednesday to feel normal right. it's just like a vicious cycle or you last two weeks oh, three so weeks bad. and you like yeah, you have to, it's pure willpower it's, at that yeah. point that's the thing like you're starving you're obsessing right. and i remembered being paleo and that you know was mostly high fat and i still had to control my carbs with paleo so i was probably keto a lot of the time to be honest because yeah. i could never go overboard on sweet potatoes or any of that stuff i always had to pull back on paleo sweets or whatever so and i remembered fasting and not obsessing about food and just feeling you know not start not that hanger all the time so i knew that the only way i was going to be able to get off antidepressants at the time was with keto 
Um, and Danny had mm. mentioned it, right? And so I was kind of just waiting for him to say something. And I was like, okay, yeah, perfect. I wanted to get off the antidepressants because they don't, you know, they don't really, you know, they some of them might work for people, but for me, it didn't make me happy. It just makes you Made kind you of not care. Great. Yeah, it yeah. makes you not care about anything, basically. Like it kind of mm. just makes you numb. But you're not really happy. It's not like fulfillment. It's not, it's solving, not solving any of the problems. Anything. Yeah, either. it just is like a band aid right. that makes just things a little easier to just roll off, right? Um, and I knew that the only way I was going to be able to do it was with a high fat diet because of my brain. And so I went, I, I did it. Um, I weaned myself. I don't recommend it. It was super scary because I'm not a doctor. So I just kind of just ripped the band aid and it's terrifying. Don't ever do that to your brain. Um, but thankfully, I was on the right path with my diet and everything. And I mean, like two weeks in, I was already feeling great. I was feeling so good. Um, my brain just felt less foggy. I got, I get a lot of brain fog um, when I'm not eating a lot of fat. I wasn't starving all the time. I mean, I didn't look back since then, right? And then enter carnivore. And that really, really took me to another level with like getting rid of the anxiety part of it. Cause like the depression that gets really, really improved when you go to keto, but I was still kind of having anxiety here and there, um, you know, because you're still eating all these other foods. And so I had this thing, it's called an MRT panel. It's a food sensitivity test and it's really cool. It actually tests your blood. So what it does, they take your blood, they test it against all like over 200 foods and additives and all kinds of stuff. And it tests, it measures the inflammatory compound release. So what are, I always forget like the names, like what are they called? Like, uh, there's a bunch of stuff. There's like cytokines, cytokines, yeah. cytokines uh, there's something else, whatever it, but it tests actual inflammation and with carnivore, you're basically not eating any of that stuff. And, um, I can't even explain it. It's just like this clear feeling of nothing like no yeah. i'm not even tired like just nothing not hungry and not hungry like and for me as someone who's always been so obsessive about food i know it sounds counterintuitive for some people because they're like oh it's so restrictive that's not good for people that are trying to recover from food addiction and to me it's almost the cure for yeah. food addiction because when you are carnivore what happens to your body is that you stop craving stuff you just do and so for me it was just really helping yeah. like just not obsess about food but i do have moments like because you're just you know we're exposed to so much stuff all the time so i'll like crave like crunchy stuff but there's chicharrones and stuff so you know yeah i look i my i have a lot of people in my family who've struggled with weight and i just never fell into that because i was always an athlete and always you know active but before we switched to keto, like Maura said, you know, we had been messing with if it fits your macros and we even did like a cut with my buddy who, who was a bodybuilder and like we were on this low fat cut and we were both shredded at the end and miserable, shredded, shredded and miserable. miserable. And it was like three weekends in a row that we binged and we did hmm. like Memorial Day weekend was like the final straw. It was like, we can't do this anymore. This was three days of just eating like complete pigs, feeling terrible, like physically terrible. And um, we decided to do it and we were already lean, so we didn't really need to lose the weight. And in fact, my first month, I had to keep adding calories so I wouldn't hemorrhage any more weight. Because once I dropped the, the, the carbs, it was like the weight was just flying off. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa wait a second. Um, and so what I have found, because my hunger signals from the way I've eaten since high school, which is like 
you know, people tell me, oh, I really want to get big. I want to put on muscle, but I'm, you know, I eat all this food and I don't get bigger. And I'm like, you're like, you don't eat, buddy. You are not eating enough. You're like, you don't understand what it, what it, like if there's a, there's a strong man movie. They've never seen Danny eat. Yeah. There's a strong man <laughs> like movie. <laughs> and that's also a genetic thing. I have this one gene. I forget what it's called. I think that's the warrior gene where you I can. I have that gene too, though, where I don't feel full. I saw Yeah. Like day. you can, you can actually eat more. And it's a, it's like, a, it's kind of an advantage, you know, cause you can, you can get bigger. Well, depending how you look at it, it's not an advantage. It could be a disadvantage nowadays in the, I know, I feel like I could just yeah, like, keep, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like nowadays yeah. that's a problem yeah. because of like, we have so much access to food yeah. at all times, but like, um, sure. so because I think like I, I, I blew by satiety so often from high school on because I would eat so fast and ask her. I would, you know, I still have a, a, that problem where I eat too fast and I would always clean up the plate. And only recently have I been able to like be like, wait a second, I'm full. I don't have to eat that. I could put that away. And it's just been so much easier for me to do that. Like the other thing, of course, the mental clarity, the productivity with me, my, my whole first year in keto, I was still a medical device rep. And I was, you know, I saw probably if I had to quantify it, like a 15 to 20%, maybe even let's say 10 to 15% increase in productivity. And that's what allowed me to win this award, this pinnacle award. And we got a trip to Turks and Caicos. And it was all because of keto, because it was like at three o'clock in the afternoon, if I'm like two hours away and I'm in a hospital and I say, should I make that last call or should I just pack it up and start driving home? I'm going to make that other call. And it wasn't like I didn't have that that coffee that I needed in the afternoon. And I was like, I can't park close. I have to park far. I have to walk. I have to expel this energy. Hmm. So like that's a big thing. And of course, at first it's really exciting. And then but then it's just becomes like who you are. I remember when we first started, she said, what do you mean we can't cheat? And I was like, I just don't think it's a good idea. I think if we cheat, it'll be a bad thing. And she's like, no, what do you mean? And then like literally three or four days in, she's like, we don't got to cheat. It's yeah, like, you know, it's one of those things that because the ketones, you got to be in it to know it. Right? Once the like, ketones and I, kick I, I, in. It's funny because you talked about the weight loss thing, but I always tell people come for the weight loss, stay for everything else. Because yeah. it's like the weight loss. I'm like, right. if I could just get your brain on yes. ketones. Like, if you yeah. get, like, you get people addicted to things. Like, yeah. I'm like, if I could just, if mm -hmm. I could just get yeah, you on the ketones, then you will understand. I'm like, come for the weight loss. Just give it like, give it at least a month. Yeah. Until your brain's feeling good, and then you will understand. <laughs> you yep. will get it. It's the best. It's the most it alive yeah. I've ever felt. Alive great right by far. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and and it's weird because like this podcast and and I honestly don't push keto at all. I don't believe it's like for yeah. everybody in the whole world should be keto. I mean, it might be helpful for yeah. a lot of people. It has been very helpful for me um, on so many levels, but it's so fascinating to me. And I think that the that there's still a lot of discussion around this. I'm glad you brought up depression because um, the mental benefits I think are under discussed. Um, I know for me, like the emotional difference like, for me being in ketosis, it's night and day. And and even like, you know, I've battled my whole life with extreme ADHD, which is one of the reasons kind of tying this back, that school is really hard for me. Traditional school is very hard for me. It would be hard for me today to go back for okay. like a grad school degree or something. Um, it's hard for me to sit still if you, like, I'm, I'm doing things, I'm drinking, you don't see me tapping my <laughs> legs like a maniac. It's hard for me to do this stuff. And ketosis has 
changed it for me. Uh, before keto, I wouldn't have been able to do this. Now I can at least sort of manage it. Um, it's it's really powerful the the way that our brains are kind of not only filled with energy, but for me, there's like this also this calming effect at yeah. the same time. Yeah. So I'm more awake. Yeah, I'm more awake, but I'm also more kind of. I get it. Cause yeah, I, I have the yeah, and my emotions feel more stable. That. Like that just scatterbrain where you're just like you can't like the tabs it feels like all the tabs mm-hmm. are open they're like can we close some of these like, tabs like my internet explorer yeah. it's like Danny's internet explorer but that's my brain yeah well and and you know this is something they talk about yeah. is like you know um we can make these I'm not going to say it's a claim even though if I had to search for it I can find a few studies that talk about how GABA is increased and glutamate is decreased and glutamate is excitatory and this is why one of the reasons why you know kids on the spectrum and kids with autism and ADHD and all those things, they do better because yeah. of GABA is increased, which is chilling, um, and then glutamate is is decreased. And you pair that with a good old screen detox, and you have a whole new child. Yeah. Literally, yeah. in in a week or two, you have a new child because you know we we had our friend it's Jenny probably. on, who's an occupational therapist, and we talk about the diet, and that's super important. But like. She got she this one kid. What was it? Two weeks. Two the one weeks. with the tick. He had he a had nervous a tick. tick. Two weeks without a screen, the tick was gone. And it's like it, with no other changes. No, because they were already eating healthy. Already eating healthy. And and like the thing is, I've seen what happens. Huh. Like I, I I saw they put on, what did they put last week? They put something on, and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is what kids are watching. Like it's like really quick cuts. The the cartoons. Are like really quick cuts and like the screens are even, even flashing the videos because you know now youtube is huge yeah have you seen the youtube videos i can't watch them the sounds the flashing They're just like, yeah. duh, 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 duh. and it's just it is it's add culture right like even tiktok the drop-off time is three seconds it's three seconds it used to be nine six minus right. six and they're like you're doing great six seconds is good you know <laughs> like okay yeah, wow so, six seconds that's so, all i need wow. to know Next especially one. if we're already predisposed like us right like i can't I have to delete apps from my phone sometimes because it's like a ha- it's a habit. It's a thing where yeah. you're just like you're searching. It's a searching thing. Yeah, you're seeking. Yeah, yeah. What, one of the most powerful things I did about a year ago that like when I say it changed my entire life, I'm not being dramatic, was turn off all push notifications oh, yeah. from oh, my yeah. phone. Dude. That was it. Oh, my God, did it change my life so because that there's a, there's a very there's a very emotional reaction as well. Like these companies want us to kind of like feel the drug of like, Oh my God, you got a comment. You got a, you got a text. You got, they want that drug in us, but it's also very distracting for my brain. Um, so yeah, like there's like little changes. So screen time, that's, that's awesome. I have like, uh, it automatically set on my phone that after 6 PM, that's hardcore. I got 8 PM. That's good. That's six is awesome. I got 6 PM. Yeah, but I also have a crazy schedule. I go to sleep at like seven thirty, so we're probably we're probably about the same in time. I wake up Ooh. at like three a.m. Oh, every wow. day, so yeah, he's yeah. Got us. Um, I have I have like a really weird schedule, which isn't my fault, but my fiance's a nurse <laughs> and I just sort of morphed into their schedule. That's that's wow. a whole other discussion. Um, but uh, but yeah, getting getting like notifications off, especially if you're like involved in Instagram at all, those notifications. I, it was like I was. Yeah, free. it's stressful too. It's, <laughs> it's stressful because you know it's. You're there. like, oh my gosh, it's I gotta stressful. answer someone. Yeah. It's something I have to do. Yeah. Yeah, it's very stressful, and like, I, I feel like especially for us, like you guys really care about what you do, and so 
I'm sure you understand this. Like I, I want to try and respond to these questions. I want to try to be there for people as much as I can, but like, I have to make sure my cup is full and there's days where I just don't have it in me to, to like dive into yeah. that, oh, yeah, you know? Um, Cause there are days where I, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if you, if that, Absolutely. if you guys feel the same way, I, I'm sure. Well, last year, August, between August and December. Like, yeah. Sorry. I just, I just shut I down from days. August to December. I didn't, I couldn't look at DMS anymore. And I was like, Oh crap. January 1st. I was like, I'm going to commit to, to answering everybody. And I was like going through it, getting back to people. Cause I, I, I do want to help people. I'm like, dang it. I'm sorry. I'm answering your question now. Right. But it was just, it got so overwhelming, you know, on top of everything else with last year. But I, I, I feel you, man. Totally. Yeah. 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 What, like I did the same thing last year. I was like, I'm going to respond to every DM and I still try. I'm not as good as it this year. Cause I've, I've been making a lot of changes in my life um, and kind of getting, making new decisions around some of these things in my life and finding yeah. balance more um, because it's hard. Like we want to give, give, give. And that's something that I'm really passionate about. I don't want to stop giving and helping and sharing my food and all that, but we have to take care of ourselves sometimes it's it it's hard. really hard and it's like um it's like if you're pouring into other people's glasses all day like by the end of the day you have nothing yeah. left in your own glass and i do think that's important and i see that a lot like outside of social media i see that a lot with parents and their kids i see it with like teachers i see families educators and they give all day to their students they give and they give and they give and there's nothing left and it's hard but we do have to Maybe kind of take care of ourselves a little bit um yeah. So this year with DM specifically, I've like kind of rethought it and reprogrammed around it where now I don't look at my DMs except once a day, sometimes twice a day. And I kind of block off like here's an hour. I'm going to get through as many as I can um, and kind of define it as like this is DM hour so that it's not something that's like I've on my brain well. all day. Yeah. That's DMs the only way to do emails. it. Yeah. We, we gotta yeah find I have to time block my whole day like that. <clears throat> I can't focus on anything because then I'm worried. I'm thinking about the next thing because you know how it is when you ADD just means you're doing everything all at once. So it's like I got yep. a time block so that I can actually focus during what I'm doing because I know that it's going to get taken care of because that's the thing. It's like, yeah, I'm it's like, awesome to watch. There's something else yeah. that I need to do. When I see it happen in person, I'm like, what that is me. Oh my gosh. I was like, oh, you Too know, many tabs. yeah, that's that, that's me. It, it, people with ADD and ADHD can be some of the most productive and creative people, but like we need to put these like little systems in place or it's chaos. total chaos. Like yesterday I, I was like, I walked into my kitchen and my dishwasher was open with the top drawer. Like literally half of the top drawer was emptied. It was clean and like half was put away and there was like still dishes in the sink. I'm like, wait, what's going on? Then I see like the pressure cookers not put away. Yeah, you probably thought I'm like, something. I can't deal with this right and now. You, that I, was like, you, you just left it. Yeah. There. I probably thought, and then I, I walked into my, yeah, yeah. I was like, oh wait, I got to go do the yes. laundry. So I walked into my master, my closet and there was like half of the shirts were hung up. It, it was just chaos. You know, I'm like, I have four things that are half done. That's nothing's <laughs> finished. <laughs> what Danny is calls it drifting. Um, and so you're right. He's like, are you yeah, drifting yeah. today? Like, you're right. I think. I'm like, yes, but I don't want to be. Yeah. I'm drifting. Sometimes, like, I, I always joke with, I always joke with my partner, like, m just doing things to do things, like moving things to move things. Um, <laughs> nothing's getting done. But you, you're right. I have to, like, set up very specific lists. And, like, in my calendar, I put, like, personal items. You know what I mean? Like, little stupid things that I need to do that day and have to stay hyper organized and, like, rank. I, I get, like, hyper organized about organizing 
it's the only way I function. So, yeah, if she has that's really funny in her but, calendar, it's it's really. Oh, if somebody, oh, or if somebody writes, been, yeah, yeah, I can't write. Hyper organized about being organized, yeah, yeah, and nobody's allowed to write in my planner. Yeah, um, hyper organized about that. different handwriting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <gasps> yeah. Are you like really bad at doing nothing yes. though? Because I'm terrible about doing like, nothing. When we're sitting on the couch, right? Like, I need to just watch the show. I'm like, because I can't. I gotta like. Look on Pinterest. I can't. I can't get through a two-hour movie. Yeah, if she does, she'll pass. I'm terrible. Out. I'm like sometimes I block yeah. off. Yeah, I, I like will intentionally block off like a day off because we need those day offs, and then my day off, I'm like busy. Exactly. Than, my day off means I'm gonna organize a whole house. It's really funny. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so funny. So funny. Guys, this was really fun. I, I really enjoyed talking to you. Um, I, I love that you're, you know, kind of taking your a very unique approach to like health and fitness and parenting. I think that's really cool. I, I think like, you know, we we talk about a lot in keto. We see a lot of con like this is how this is what keto is. This is what paleo is. Everything's kind of put into these neat little digestible boxes. And uh, I don't really agree with that mentality towards any of this culture and it's one of the things that i i wanted to Love do with it. this podcast was bring up that really there's no right way to keto there's there's no wrong way to keto or wrong way right way to get healthy um so i really love that you guys are kind of making your own path on this and sharing that with people um so i really appreciate your time today this thank was you. awesome thanks for having us yeah man thank you like we 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 are such yeah. rebels that if you start labeling us stuff we're gonna go against it like <laughs> Like when I was like started to everybody started to say like oh you're the carnivore, I'm like, what are you telling me that I He's am? Like I'm gonna go eat an avocado right now. Yeah, like like right now. Because it's true. Like the labels are, and I think I think well, that gets, that's the thing. If you post with an avocado, they're like, aren't you carnivore? You're I like, thought you were carnivore. Yeah, like the tribalism too, and it's like yeah. I'm so happy you mentioned that because that's the goal, man. It's like think about your life, take what you want from what Michael and Maura and Danny said, and take what you like. Leave what you don't, but apply it to yourself. And, you know, some people can have some yeah. rice every now and then. I'm Cuban, you know, like I, my boys <laughs> had rice the other day and beans, you know, like some people can't. So anyways, thank you, brother. It's, it's great to talk to you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And there's no shame around food, right? Like as long as we're making intentional decisions and like I, I always think about like, I feel like it's better to be like 70% keto than like perfectly keto for a month and drive yourself crazy and oh, say it yeah. work for you or whatever. So I think just like making good decisions and like loving food and having a good relationship with it and passing that on to your kids. That's awesome, guys. I, I really appreciate you being here. Please make sure to check out uh, the podcast, Fat Fueled Family. It is fantastic. Um, and you guys are all, you have a website, you have a blog, you have a bunch of stuff going on. Could you give us your Instagram handles and your website address so our friends can find you after this? Okay. Sure. Yeah. So you can find me <laughs> on Instagram. It's at fat fueled mom. So F A T fat fueled mom, um, free workouts, nutrition stuff, mostly workouts. Um, and then Danny, you can find him at Danny Vega dot MS on Instagram. We also post our kids stuff. So for those of you who are listening to this and you really want to see, you know, what we do with the kids and what they eat, they are at Fat Fueled Kids. And then really anything for our family, you can find it at fatfueled.family. Our podcast is there, all of the programs, anything that we offer, um, you can pretty much find it there. Right? Did I yeah. Anything? Yeah, that's it. I love podcast. It. Yeah. You guys are awesome. Awesome. Fatfueled.family. 
I love it. We'll definitely, uh, definitely find them after this. They have a lot of fun content. Uh, you guys are really inspirational. So thank you so much for what you do. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. After this, I am going to do our bonus episode where I kick Danny and Maura out of the room and I'm going to talk all kinds of <laughs> shit about them on our bonus episode at Patreon. I will never know about Patreon.com slash Chef Michael. Uh, of course, I'm not going to be talking shit about you guys, but if you're interested in the bonus episode, Patreon.com slash Chef Michael. Um, if you guys haven't yet, maybe check out my cookbook, New Keto Cooking. It's all about kind of finding a new direction of keto that's a little bit more about just love for good food and good ingredients, not diet food. Uh, yes. which I think is so so important to talk about here. And you guys seem like you're yes. right there with me. Uh, let's get diet out of this discussion and just talk about making healthy decisions and eating real food and feeling better as you're doing it. So uh, thank you both to Danny and Maura Vega. You guys are amazing. And I'll see you guys on the bonus episode. Thank you so much to our sponsor, Redmond yes. Real Salt, for supporting this episode. And you guys can get... Do oh, dude, I got, a, I got a package. I just got my but I'm I got sure a package ones. coming in the mail. You're probably do person. the baby ones yeah. are so cute yes um <laughs> i just I like I have used redmond dude i use what? the relight powder the relight powder oh, is my favorite i have a new client who was using another one and i was like get the relight powder it tastes better and the thousand milligrams of sodium to so good 500 potassium there's no other company that has that ratio and i think that's the best ratio so yeah Redmond's amazing. Yeah, man, I totally agree. And like to your point, Mona, like what is table salt so anyway? Bad. Like it's so yeah. it's disgusting. Peasant anyway. salt. It's so bad. But yeah, um, if you if you guys want to put in an order, uh, Redmond.life and discount code is Chef Michael. Um, you can actually now find it. Like I just bought it at the yeah. grocery yeah. store, which is kind of cool too. But um, it really does have like awesome uh, minerals and ingredients. And and as um, as Danny just pointed out, they have awesome other products as well. Um, I hell, I use it. Yes. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so thank you, Redmond, for supporting this and helping me keep the lights on. Danny and Mara, thank you so much. And I will see you guys Excellent. on the next episode.